Alrighty, welcome to this week's episode of Blood, Sweat, and Beers. On the pod today, we have somebody who needs absolutely no introduction, but I'm going to give her one anyway. Today, we are chatting with the one, the only, the absolutely devastating Naya Tapper, otherwise known as Naya on Fire. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kirsch, for that lovely introduction. I'm so excited to be here chatting with you. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, uh, I, you know, we're getting pretty close to like, you know, the summer. I think everything is moving like really fast. Like every time I check the calendar, I feel like we've jumped like four oh, weeks. So yeah. like, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm pretty excited. You know, I, I won't be like fully eloped in it until probably like the week of, if that ends up being the situation. I think right now it's just kind of nervousness of selections coming mm -hmm. up and uh, me being injured and just having that into question of, is that going to have any effect on this? So for me, it's kind of just trying to focus on just getting back on the field and mm -hmm. hoping that everything else works itself out. Yeah. I think it's like, it's starting to be a really stressful time, I think for everyone. And I think yeah. you can really feel it. Like I know, like we had scrimmages last week and I like had an absolute stress stream yeah. um, like the night before, just like Brownie yelling at me, telling me <laughs> I couldn't do anything right. And it's just like, <laughs> I just feel like everyone, like we're all starting to really feel like the like pressure of the moment, which is crazy. Yeah. Cause it's a first for a lot of us. Yeah, so we exactly. don't really like know what to expect, how we're going to feel, how we're going to re react to whatever the outcome is. And we're like two weeks, two weeks away from selections. And I think that'll be like the first mountain that we all have to deal with. Mm -hmm. So that'll be really inter interesting how that situation plays out for us and how we respond to that. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it'll be a really tough moment and I think, yeah. but also like, you know, an exciting moment, but I think it'll be a really important moment for us as a group, but yeah, just building up to that. It's just like, you can feel it. Like I feel like every day you can just kind of feel it a little bit more. I have a question. I know you're the one interviewing me, but for myself, I told myself, if you get selected, you can go buy yourself a Gucci belt. Do you have anything where you're like, okay, if I get selected for this Olympic team, I'm going to go do this for myself. Do you have anything like that? Ooh, um, I don't know about selections. Um, mm -hmm. Like if we like, if like I'm lucky enough to get selected and go to the Olympics, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to get my first tattoo. Like I'm going to get the rings as my first tattoo. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's like, one of mine too. <laughs> we had that conversation a year ago, Kush, about, listen, no tattoos, but that is really something to get inked. I know. Yeah. So, like, it was – I always said, like, growing up that, like, if I ever made it to the Olympics, like, that, like I would get that tattoo. Like, I can, like, look at my, like, Pinterest boards from when I was in, like, middle school, and I have, like, Olympic <laughs> tattoo, like, Pinterest boards, just, like, where people put them. But, like, I obviously never thought I would actually be in the situation where it was, like, a possibility. But um, I know my parents aren't going to love it. But I was, like, you can't get that mad if it's the Olympic rings. So I feel like it's, like, a nice a nice way to start that. <laughs> do you know where you're going to get them at? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm not going to share it yet because I don't want to do okay. it too much. But, um, yeah, I don't really have anything, like, if I get selected, I think mostly it'll just be, like, getting to have that opportunity to like call my parents and like tell yeah. them I think like that's like what I think about the most with that but um 
but I feel like the big one of like, oh, like I'm gonna do something for myself, it'll be if we make it to the Olympics and I get to get the tattoos. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Would you get rings if you make it? Now yeah, that I've put sure. it in your head? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was planning to, but I just kind of forgot about it because I was like, Gucci belt, Gucci belt, Gucci belt. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have your Gucci belt picked out? Yeah. Yeah, you're, already, you're already yeah. locked and loaded, ready to go. Ready. If it does, if it falls through, I mean, maybe we'll still get the Gucci belt. Maybe you're like breeze. sad by the Gucci belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully it'll be a little bit more of an exciting occasion for you I to get the so. Gucci belt. Oh, you just know the first time you wear that, you're going to feel so good. <laughs> Do you have an outfit plan for the first time? For... <laughs> I don't. Not yet. Oh, that'll come later. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's throw it back a little bit. How did you first get into rugby? Um, I first learned about it in high school. I was running track and field, and that was kind of my niche back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a math teacher. His name was Carl Ham, and he was a, a white guy, um, had a big rugby background, and he brought rugby to our school, which was a kind of minority school, mainly Blacks and Hispanics. And... Nobody really knew about rugby, but this teacher brought it in and it kind of just blew up for a lot of the kids there. And um, I had always liked contact sports. I was always very aggressive and nitty gritty. Yeah. So um, when I was introduced to it in high school and people were like, oh, you should come out. Teachers were asking me. I was like, oh, yeah, like that would be fun. And I like went to my track coach and was like, hey, you know, I want to look into like playing rugby just for fun and he's like absolutely not like kind of the stereotype of injuries and things Mm -hmm. like that and he's like you can't mess up what you got going with track for a sport that you don't really know and I was like okay you know like it didn't really bother me because I didn't know what I was missing out on Mm -hmm. and then when I got to college and kind of decided like okay I don't want to run track anymore it's boring like I just want to enjoy college yeah and like just party get get my degree and just enjoy my life because I guess I had been in sports for so long that it kind mm-hmm. of took away opportunities to like just have fun and yeah enjoy do my other teenage years. Yeah. yeah so going into college I was like I'll just focus on academics and having a good time and obviously having been working out and doing sports all my life there was a moment where I started missing it and mm-hmm. I was still working out and doing Zumba and stuff but it's not um, the same yeah not the same yeah. so there was a rugby tent in the quad and they were doing tryouts and it was for a club team at UNC Chapel Hill and you know with like club teams for most of the teams like as long as you go try out you're gonna make it so yeah exactly. I, I yep. went and tried out and I made the team <laughs> Okay, but wait, I want to know more about that. How did the tryout go? I don't even remember, honestly. All I remember is that I wore a track outfit to a rugby So, like, you just wore, like, spandex and, like, a sports bra? Exactly. And they're, like, (laughs) looking at me like, where the fuck, where where have you come from? (laughs) Who is this girl and what is she doing here? So I think that was the first thing I learned. They're like, where's your shorts? Like, you're supposed to wear shorts over the compression shorts i'm like oh okay i didn't know that in track we're barely (laughs) dressed so um i don't remember like the physical side of what it was like but i know um they kind of just saw the athleticism and was like yeah sure why not like we can teach you everything else she can run fast yeah she's fast so we'll take that and run with it so that's kind of where it started now so did you play other sports when you were growing up or was it really just like all track for most of your life 
for most of my life, it was track. Like I did, you know, everybody did like cheerleading and soccer when they were like five. I was like, I never did cheerleading. I played football. I never did cheerleading. (laughs) Yeah, I did cheerleading and soccer for like a year or something. I did cheerleading in middle school and I tried out in high school, but didn't make it. So then I settled for the track team. But, settled yeah. for the track team. I heard you were a pretty good track runner. I don't think you settled I was, for the track team. But coming out of middle school, I, you don't know. You just yeah. like, I want to be a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Now, did you go to college for track, or was like, were you like kind of done with track by the time you got to college? Yeah, I didn't go for track. I got in through academics because after my senior year, I was like, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I knew I wasn't gonna go pro I, w- I was fast but I wasn't that fast so I kind of was like whatever I'm yeah, just gonna I go do the college thing and yeah. study and have fun yeah yeah get a real job so then so then moving into rugby which like I would I would argue that rugby is the sport that is like you have to rely on your teammates the most like I think mm-hmm. it's like a hundred percent like reliance on the people around you um, that had to have been really different coming from like a track background where largely your performance was determined like by you alone. So yeah. like, what was that transition like? I want to say it was like super stressful because me just as an individual, I like being in control of everything. Mm-hmm. So when you go into a team sport, that's just the opposite of what it's like. You barely have any control besides over yourself, even though your performance will not be the only indicator of the outcome. Mm-hmm. And I struggled with that all the way up into my professional um, time, even now, like just having to have, you have to deal with other people. Yes, in you cannot and field, get you around it. Yeah, in track and field, you don't have to deal with anybody if you don't want to, unless you want to do relays or stuff. But most of it's like yourself, you're working out by yourself, you're pushing mm-hmm. yourself, you're not comparing yourself to anybody, it's just you. The coach can't compare you to anybody who's like on your team, it's just you. Whereas rugby... It's like the opposite of all those things where your outcome is based on everybody else, including you. You have to get along with your teammates. You're comparing yourself and being compared mm-hmm. to your teammates. So it's definitely like a tough transition, but I'm, I think it's been good because it's just increased my people skills, which I feel like is really important in the world um, once we do leave the sport realm. So. Oh, definitely. It's worth it. You have to put up with so many different personalities and like learn how to mesh with people. Like, I think especially with like our team and like, you know, the diversity of background and like where Mm -hmm. people grew up and everything. Like, I think you can, it's definitely like a, an experience of getting, learning how to work with people you never expect to work with. And then like people that you could be so different from. Like, like, and that's, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and that's another thing. That's like one of the great things that I took from it was like joining the rugby team at my college. I met people that I would have never thought mm-hmm. that I would get along with, people I would have never approached, people I would be like, oh, they're not like me. I wouldn't have fun with them. I wouldn't like them. I was exposed to just so many different personalities, cultures, backgrounds, and it just opened my eyes to so many things that I had I never had to think about or acknowledge. So even like still today, like I'm just, I've learned so much from you guys in terms of lifestyle and different backgrounds and who you love, all those types of things. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely been mind blowing for me in a good way. Yeah, I agree. I think rugby is really special in that way. And I think too, like we have a really special group of people that like are willing to, you know, have hard conversations and embrace the differences and like really find like 
find ways to bring out the best in each other as opposed mm-hmm. to just like butting heads all the time, which is like a yeah. way it could go. And sometimes <laughs> it goes that way, but I think we've gotten really good at like working through it and like getting yeah, to a positive place. Very true. Yeah. Um, okay. So you started playing rugby um, when you got to college. And so how long from when you like first started playing rugby till like y- you got noticed by USA? Two months. Two months? <laughs> are you joking but i want to i'll say my coach he was a video analyst for them so i guess they were like looking for athletes and he recommended me and i had only been playing for two months and they was like hey you want to come out here for thanksgiving and i'm just like i don't even know i didn't even know you guys exist right well yes that's fair and i don't want to miss thanksgiving i don't but... want priorities <laughs> i don't want to miss Prior- thanksgiving but i did go <laughs> I, I was so young yeah, well, so I was going to say, like, so you go to your first camp, you're, what, uh-huh. a freshman in college then? Yeah. So you're 18, maybe? Yeah. 17, 18? 18. Uh-huh. So, like, oh, I, that's, like, I went to my first camp, I was, what, 23? And I was, like, intimidated by, like, being in the environment and, like, all the athleticism and the players around. So I was like, what was what was that feeling like when you were that young? Um, Do you remember it? <laughs> yeah, I remember it. I would say it's kind of, it's pretty lonely, you know? Because we were staying on the at the center, mm-hmm. and um, you kind of just don't know what you're doing. Like they give you a schedule, and they're like, "Come to this, come to that." But in terms mm-hmm. of like, I didn't feel like the girls were as welcoming as we are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one player, Jill Potter. She was amazing. That's that was probably the person who had the most impact on me because she was just so nice, so welcoming, so helpful. Um, but she's, she, I think she was also the captain of the team then. So it made sense. But like, um, as a whole, it was like, it was fun, but it was lonely. But I also didn't have any expectations out of it. So it wasn't really stressful. And coming in, like they already knew what I could do and what I couldn't do. So it wasn't scary in that aspect where I knew I was only fast. I knew I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> so it was like... All I really did good in was when they were like, okay, now let's race. And I was like, bet. You're I like, I got it. <laughs> yeah. And when I did, I think I came in like second place out of all the girls there. And I was like, yeah, I have potential. And I think they saw it too. So so that is that like the first moment that you were like, wow, I could really do something with this rugby thing? Yeah. Just because I didn't know it could go any further than just playing in college. Mm-hmm. So then seeing that it could go to a professional level to where they could go to the Olympics. And I was physically um, as capable as the girls there training full time. Then it was like, okay, like I have potential. And it kind of left it at that, not realizing that I would have to learn a lot of skills. (laughs) Right. So like coming from track, like, you know, like when I first, okay, well, even like, you know, when I first started playing rugby, it was pretty much like, okay, like stand on the wing, catch the ball. And when you get the ball, run like hell. And I assume that that's kind of how you started too. Like, just like when you get the ball, run and don't get tackled. But so like coming from track was like you said, you were kind of like a scrappy kid, but like was contact a hard part for like you to embrace and like learn? Um, If if you remember like college rugby, well, you you didn't play rugby in college, did you? Okay, so um, I did 15s and the positions were kind of strict where like the wings back in the day were like super small. Mm. And then you had me who's like same size as I am now. And 
So you're just so running them over. I'm just running them, <laughs> running them over or running around them. So it was never like difficult. It mm-hmm. came just as easy as track came in terms of what they expected me to do of catching the ball and running. Mm-hmm. And mind you, catching was a lot easier with them as well because they weren't passing as hard as fast yeah. and as sharp as they do at the professional level. And so. probably not as much pressure on you to like when you're making the catch. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty easy breezy in college. But once I got to the professional level, that's where my learning curve just went from like the lowest necessities to like, you got to be able to do all these things. And it's a pretty steep learning curve. Like I know I came in like, oh no, it was like nine months for me from like when I first picked up a rugby ball to like when I came out here. And Mm -hmm. then it was like, I just remember the first few months I was like, I have no idea what's really happening. Like, I don't know what people are. I don't even know what people are telling me to do. Like, I feel like <laughs> the learning curve is just so steep. And so for yeah. that, like, you kind of feel like you're drowning for the first few months of like trying to learn like the rules of the game and like what they want from you. And I'm sure like learning how to tackle is like a p- pretty big step in that. Yeah. <laughs> And it's also like you're learning against like some of the best players in the world, which is also makes the learning curve incredibly intimidating and frustrating at times, Mm -hmm. I'd say. Yeah, I think that's where we can grow with rugby in the U.S. is having better stepping stones and better pathways to this Mm -hmm. level to where it's not as much of a jump, you know, to where like in Canada, they have developmental programs starting in high school, probably middle school which leads into like academies, which then leads into the national team versus us. Back then it was like, all right, club rugby to professional Olympics rugby. And yeah, like, right. What the heck is this? So I think it's getting a lot better where we have an academy program now mm-hmm. that's kind of working under the residence. And then we have a lot of more club teams. We got D1 college teams. So I think it's getting better. And we've seen some D1 college rugby players coming in who are fantastic and I think that's like a big step up from five years ago to where a lot of us were coming in with no experience, but great physical ability and having to be taught so fast, which is not only stressful for us, but probably stressful for the coaches and the players that are already there too, Mm -hmm. being like, why is she here? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know she's fast. I know she's big, but this is a rugby team. Why is she here? And like having to prove that on a daily basis, I think that was the hardest thing was getting... I didn't care too much about like the coach or the world that was watching rugby. I cared most about my teammates and wanting mm-hmm. to prove to them, like, I deserve to be here with you. I want to show you that you should want me as your teammate. That was mm-hmm. kind of my main focus is how do I get my um, teammates to buy into me as a rugby player? Yeah. And it's just, you know, working your ass off and like getting really good at all the things that you've now become very good at. Yeah. <laughs> God bless. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> took a um, long time for me. Y'all did it a lot faster. You, Lo, Steph, Casey. Well, I think too, like you had to, like, you didn't really grow up playing a ball sport. And I think that that also is like a really helpful factor. You know what I mean? Sorry, say it again. You were breaking up. Oh, sorry. I was just saying like, you, uh, you didn't really grow up playing like a ball sport. And I think that that's mm-hmm. also a really, and also I think the team sport aspect of it. I think those are two like important parts of the equation. Um, that like you kind of had to surmount in a way that like I guess we really didn't. So I think like yeah, don't hand eye was horrible coming in. Yeah, <laughs> for, like, like two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's a big thing to have to learn when you're like you know twenty something years old. Yeah, 
like that's really that's a tough thing to overcome like yeah. I mean like I grew up like playing every sport I could get my hands on so I think that that was like really helpful in the transition of like when I started playing rugby it was like there's a lot of elements of other sports and I think probably the transition from like just focusing on like track and running it's like yeah you're really fast but like there's a lot of other elements that you have to kind of build in a different way than like I think a lot of us had to so yeah I think don't sell yourself short I think (laughs) I think you had a hard road (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was tough but we're here now you are here now so um when did you get your first cap with USA Rugby I got my first cap in 2016 at Sao Paulo, Brazil. We had a tournament there and it was against Spain. And of course it was raining. Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. Just to add some pressure to those catching skills, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I think I had a great performance. Uh, the first, my first touch on the ball was my first international try. So that was pretty cool. Heck yeah. That's what mine was too. Yeah. There's, there's no confidence builder like that. For real. And like, how we were talking about with like team acceptance like after that like the girls were just like we love you and I'm like perfect (laughs) I'm gonna keep doing this and keep making you guys happy and keep making us do well so that was just like a check mark for them like okay Mm -hmm. okay like she can hang she belongs yeah basically yeah yeah were you nervous before your first game I was but I was also like sad because I think it was like maybe the last game of the tournament. So just the buildup of, am I going to go in? Did she just bring me for pity type of thing? (laughs) Like so many thoughts going in my head. Not that I felt like I was deserving of playing, but just because I didn't know how it worked where it's like, okay, me thinking if you got picked to be here, you're going to play. But in reality, like sometimes that's the case. Sometimes it's not. So I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I was just up and down kind of roller coaster, but still trying to keep a positive mindset of it's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. And when it does happen, it's going to be great. And that's kind of how it ended up ended up being. So trust in that. Yeah, that's a. I mean, I'd say it's like a really hard mindset to hold on to, though, is like, okay, like, you know, you can only control so much of like, what's gonna Mm -hmm. happen. And it's like, I remember like building into my first game, like, I I was pretty nervous. And I was like, I was just like, just like, just sitting there hoping like, okay, I hope I get my opportunity. And it's like, I hope when I get my opportunity, like, I don't squander it. And like, I find a way to like, do what I do well. And But, like, I just remember, like, I ha- I was nervous. Like, I remember getting the jersey for the first time. And I was, like, you know, it was, like, emotional. And I was, like, I had, like, goosebumps. And I just think it's such a crazy experience the first time you, like, get that jersey and the first time you step on the field. I'm pretty sure. So, I'm pretty sure the first time, um, like, I was on the sideline, like, obviously, of my first game. I think I came in for the last few minutes. But um, I, like, was getting ready to run water. And then Brownie was like, hey, like, Kershey, go in. And I, like, ran back and I <laughs> fell. So I just, like, completely wiped out on the sideline. And Brownie just, like, shook his head and then, like, still put me in. And I was like, oh, thank God. That would have been so embarrassing. <laughs> so I was just, like, just absolutely, like, wiped out on the sideline right before I went in, for, like, for the first time. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, that could have been it. Like, that could have been <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> right, yeah, all right. Never mind. Don't go in. Like, 
Yeah. Have you talked to him about that? No, I haven't. I don't even oh, know if he remembers, funny. but I'm pretty sure I have it. Like, I'm pretty sure you can see it on the film. Like, I'm pretty sure I have it in my phone somewhere that I just like wipe out on the sideline. Like, <laughs> and right then before. Go score. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> But I remember, like, at the moment being like, oh, crap, 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 crap. Like, I just, like, look like an idiot. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah. So, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, is it it crazy to think about? Like, okay, like, first touch, first try. That was 2016. That was five years ago. Yeah. And, like, now, like, now, like, we're getting ready for the summer. And you are now the second all-time leading try scorer. Like, is it crazy to think about, like, how how far you've come with the game of rugby? I mean, yeah, just because it wasn't in the plans, you know? Right. Like, I just, everybody's like, we would have never thought, like, rugby. I didn't even know what rugby was. Most of my family members didn't know what it was. So it's like, to have a plan of, like, oh, I'm going to go be a physical therapist and do this and that, and then, like, do the complete opposite of becoming a professional athlete and working towards going to the Olympics, which is just such a rare accomplishment and having accomplished so much in rugby and have having come so far in the sport, not only on the field, but off the field, you kind of just never know how your life is going to go. Like you, you can have a plan, but sometimes somebody else is writing the plan for you and you kind of just have to go with that. But you kind of like just get into this like habit of just going through the days going through the trainings and going through the games and stuff and kind of forgetting like about those important moments that you've had and those crazy things that you have accomplished so it is nice to have reminders every now and then of like Mm -hmm. you're doing all these amazing things and you've accomplished all these amazing things and in five years which Sounds like a long time, but just in terms of a professional situation, that's a short amount of time to have done a lot of the things that I have done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now I'm just here to like keep accomplishing more and just start to try to help other people do the same and get these same opportunities who may not know about it like I did in the past or know about it, but don't know how to get to where we are right now. Right, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's been like a pretty crazy process, I'd say, like, even just like the, like, I think sometimes we get so stuck into like our everyday and I think it is really important sometimes to like take that step back and like recognize like it's pretty crazy that like this is what we do and that like you've gotten to this point like I know like I've said before but like rugby was never part of my plan either you know like Mm -hmm. I finished college and I was like okay that's it for sports like I'm done with that and you know it's just like one of those really incredible opportunities where it's like you never know what is going to be the thing that changes your life and it's like Mm -hmm. now like this is what we do for a living every day and like I don't know if like was were were the Olympics ever on your radar when you were a kid or not really like I watched track and field just because my mom would watch not my mom my grandmother would have us watching the Jamaican team because she's Mm -hmm. Jamaican so we would just be cheering them on and we loved Usain Bolt so that's like really the only like time I was associated with the Olympics it was Mm -hmm. never like oh I want to go to the Olympics because I never wanted to be a professional athlete so it's like if you're not a professional athlete you're not going to the Olympics so it wasn't a big goal for me but now it's like okay you're doing it so now you got to really do it right I mean that's kind of crazy to me like I feel like most of us as little kids wanted to be professional athletes that was never something that you even thought about no like my dad was always like profession being a professional athlete is too temporary like you need to get something that's permanent and that can last forever for you because with sports like that can end any day so that was kind of my mindset because I watched my brother do like 
Um, he went to the NFL for a little bit and do oh, really? the professional, yeah, and like do the professional realm and the games and stuff. And I just, I never enjoyed watching sports. I like doing it. I like being active, but it was never like, oh, I want to be a professional athlete. Just because I never really seen women professionally like doing super well as a as a whole, but mainly financially. Like I, I want it to be wealthy. That was my goal. So if if I was a male, it might have been different to where it's like I can go to the NFL, I can go to the um, MLB, I can go to hockey, I can go to basketball, and I can go be wealthy. But mm-hmm. on the woman's side, I just never saw the wealthy aspect in sports. So for me, it was like, okay, what can I go and do to be wealthy? And it was like, okay, go get a degree and go do physical therapy. But now it's like, Financial stability is important, but it's more than just the wealth aspect of the sport. It's the team camaraderie. I mess that word up every time. Camaraderie? Yeah, you go. Camaraderie, yeah. (laughs) Camaraderie. Um, It's inspiring people. It's growing and learning um, yourself. It's just so many things that I didn't think about growing up to where now it's like, okay, like, these are the things that are important. These are the things that I value in addition to financial stability. Because rugby is great, but is it going to make me a millionaire? Maybe, probably not. So <laughs> just to be sticking with it shows I'm more invested in it than for just the money. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think for all of us, I think you have to recognize like being a professional rugby player, especially in America, is not like a financially stable career yeah um so it's like I think it's pretty obvious that all of us are really in it for like the love of the game and for like just the incredible opportunity to get to be like chasing the Olympic dream like yeah even if you didn't grow up right there so like even if you didn't grow up dreaming about the Olympics which like I can't really believe but I think that's that's still shocking to me (laughs) um but like I just think it's like one of those you know how many people are ever going to get the opportunity to like be chasing down like a dream like this. And I think that that's yeah. really special. And I think, yeah, like obviously it's not the most financially stable, but it's a pretty cool, you know, opportunity. Very rare accomplishment. You can't really, yeah. yeah. You can't really put a price tag, I think, on like getting the opportunity to chase down a dream like this. 100%. Yeah. Speaking of what, um, so like in this whole, you know, build up to the Olympics, like, or I guess, you know, everything like what has been the hardest part of this whole experience for you I would probably say just like the personal growth I've had to deal with and like motivating myself to want to get better Mm -hmm. on the field and off the field because like with track it was easy and then with rugby in college it was easy and then it was easy to get to this level but once I got here like having to find the motivation to work hard for something for once in my life because a lot of things are just given to me naturally genetically to where I never had to like motivate myself it just was kind of like okay you're already doing it you're already great in school on the track so then when I got to Chula Vista and was training full-time and having to deal with people saying you're not good enough you need to learn this skill you need to learn that skill you have to become a more well-rounded player you have to be a role model you have to be careful what you say on Instagram you have to be nice to people Mm -hmm. you have to know how to talk to people having to (laughs) like make myself do things that I didn't have to do in the past and having to try hard for things was probably the most difficult for me because 
I kind of was handed certain things on a platter and then getting to this level, it was like, that's not how this is going to be. Like, if you want to be here, you have to work to be here like everybody else. Um, And even when you are good, like, okay, yeah, you're good, but you can be better. And like, just having to understand that of like, yeah, you can catch, yeah, you can run, yeah, you can pass, but you could probably run faster, catch better and pass harder. Like it's, Mm -hmm. you're never done growing in this sport of rugby and in life. So it's like, having to motivate myself to never become complacent. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that's been my biggest challenge is being comfortable with challenging myself on mm-hmm. a daily basis, even when I don't want to or when other people are recommending I do it. Like just being <laughs> accepting of all feedback and mm-hmm. like m- making use of it, just continually growing myself. Because you can get complacent when you're good at things. Oh, so. definitely. Yeah. I think I think it's like one of those things where it's like sometimes we get caught between like feeling like oh no, like I'm like comfortable, like I'm in a good place, but then also yeah. like the other side of that is like this constant improvement mindset. So I think mm-hmm. like trying to find a way to like have a healthy balance of that so like you feel confident in how you're playing and you're not just down on yourself about all the things that like you're not good at or like you haven't mastered yet versus like knowing that like you can always be better, like pushing yourself, but not like, not like getting down on yourself. I think that that's like a hard mentality that like we have to like kind of find the line between. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that that's something I struggle with. Like sometimes like, like, damn, like for two months I was just tackling you. And like, I was like, wow, I can't tackle. Like you're one of the hardest people in the world to tackle. And for like two months you were my tackle partner and I just could not (laughs) tackle you. So it's like, that sucked. And I was like, it, I, like, I got so in my head for a little while there. I'm like, wow, I can't make a tackle. But like, mm-hmm. it's like recognizing like, oh, okay, like Nia is one of the best in the That's world at evading yeah. tackles. And it's a challenge and it's only going to make me better in the long run. 100%. And I think that that's like a really hard like that's been a hard part of this for me. is just like trying to find the balance between that mindset. And like, mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, I think that's. It's a really unique thing about this environment and like doing this for a living is like that. (laughs) Yeah, they challenge you in everything. Mentally, physically, emotionally, just everything. (laughs) (laughs) Just working us. (laughs) Oh, they sure do. Yeah, but it'll it'll be all worth it in the end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all hope so, right? That's what we tell ourselves every day is it's all going to be worth it. otherwise what else is all this for yeah Yeah. exactly but no i think you know overall like i think you know we all grow so much as not just players but as people being in this environment and i think you know whatever happens i think it'll it'll always be like a really cool thing that we've had the opportunity to do yeah yeah um so what do you well so we've talked about what, what the hardest part of it is but what do you think you'll remember most about this whole experience I will probably remember most, I mean, all my teammates and all my friends will mm-hmm. probably be like, you, like joined together for the rest of our lives, probably be at each other's weddings. Our kids will probably know each other. So like just that bond of all the teammates that I've been able to experience that are there now that were there in the past and that will be here in the future when I'm hopefully still here, like just those relationships, not only with you guys, but also with our staff members mm-hmm. as well, who are amazing 
just the people we get to meet and experience that'll be that has probably been the most fun for me because outside of training like you guys are mainly what I have especially Mm -hmm. living in California where most of my family is on the east coast probably like you too Mm -hmm. so it's like at the end of the day you guys are all I have here so you know that'll probably be my most enjoyable you guys are fun yeah like we're we're a family you know Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think I've thought about it a few times and I'm like, you know, day in and day out, like these are the people that I spend like my life with and like have, have been spending my life with for the last few years. And I think um, that's like a really special thing to like think back on and like recognize like how far we've come. Mm-hmm. Um, like even you and I, like we've come like a really long, really long way, like in getting <laughs> to know each other in a few years, which has been a really cool process. Yeah. Really thankful for it. I think we've learned a lot about each other in the process. <laughs> Very much so. It's been enjoyable. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, though, I do want to talk about a little bit. You are an incredible promoter of yourself and you're great at marketing yourself and your brand, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, you have your ab club, you have the whole Naya on fire brand, which, you know, I'm wearing right Love now, it. I'm wearing my Naya on fire t-shirt. <laughs> um, and you put out a podcast with Lo, the Leo's mm-hmm. den. And so I think, so as much as you market yourself, I think you also do a great job of promoting rugby and like getting rugby out to a greater community. And so I just want to talk a little bit about like, what has that process been like for you? And like, mm-hmm. if you have an ultimate goal with that? Yeah, um, it's definitely been like a learning process mm-hmm. and kind of taking things as I go. As I said, like, none of this stuff was in the plan. So it's right. like kind of working from a blank slate. So uh, I think the first thing I started with was like, oh, I want to make t-shirts. And I kind of decided like, okay, after these two or three years, you're well known in the rugby world now, you're doing pretty good and people recognize you internationally. So why not start promoting yourself? Mm -hmm. Because I was watching people like Perry and Carlin on the men's side, just heavily promoting themselves as a rugby player, but also as their brand Mm -hmm. and they were making money off of it and I'm like how can I make money off of all about that financial stability financial stability so um and I just seen nobody really on the woman's side doing it no I still think that like you're one of the only people that really do it in a big way yeah and Lowe's definitely like picking up with her Mm -hmm. stuff and Abby Nicole so it's definitely catching on but back then it was like nobody's doing it so it was the uncomfortability of nobody's doing it. Am I going to look like I'm being snobby or being braggy or right. like putting myself on a pedestal or, you know, is it going to be good for me mm-hmm. and the rugby community? So I kind of just had to make the decision of I'm just going to go for it. And I made my first night on fire t-shirts and they did pretty well. So I was like, okay, you know, this is great. I started getting my name out more with that. And then it was like, what more can I do? So then we start going into the social media of, Facebook, Twitter, Mm -hmm. Instagram, and then it's like, okay, well, what can I do on YouTube? Kind Mm -hmm. of looking at what everybody else was doing in other sports and how they were getting their name out there. Knowing that rugby wasn't as big, I would have to work extra harder. So it was like trying to take every platform that I could to make awareness of myself as a rugby player, but also my teammates and rugby as a whole. So Mm -hmm. starting the YouTube channel was like, okay, how can I People know me in the rugby world. How can I get them to know all my teammates who are not as active? So then it was like, okay, the hot right. seat with Nye on fire. Let me interview some of my teammates so that I can 
um, make the world aware of the other amazing rugby women that are playing the sport. Because not only did many people not know about rugby in the U.S., but they didn't even know that women played, even still don't. So right. it's like, yes, yes, absolutely. how yeah. can we keep sharing not only about myself, but sharing my platform for my teammates who may not be as comfortable um, promoting themselves on social media. So it kind of went into that and then into kind of how can I help younger girls, mm-hmm. um, especially younger um, black girls who are like, you're amazing. How do I get to where you got? Like, what is rugby? Like, yeah. what do you do? So like trying to create an environment for them um, and not only black females, but obviously young girls and boys mm-hmm. that just wanted to play rugby and do it in a safe environment. So I had created a female only rugby camp last year, right before COVID and had one camp and it went so well. And that was just really reassuring for me of like, you know, this is, I enjoy doing this. I mm-hmm. enjoy playing rugby, but I also enjoy teaching other people how to play rugby um, and just inspiring them to be strong, beautiful, confident women in themselves. So hopefully we can get that started back up in um, the fall but kind of going into that and just doing other interviews and productions with Mm -hmm. people that were doing amazing things for women in sports. Um, Then started the podcast because again, what realms can I get into? Right, exactly. You're you're on the cutting edge of all of it. (laughs) I'm trying. So yeah, building the my website and um, expanding my merch section and just trying to get better in everything that I do. And it is a lot. So it's like trying Mm -hmm. to find time to where I can put good amounts of effort and have an impact in the things that I'm doing and making sure it's not just doing it just to be doing it, but making it effective and useful for other people. So it's definitely getting busy, but just knowing that for the greater purpose of spreading rugby in the world and giving confidence to young boys and girls that they can play this sport, specifically young girls who even in college, I had teammates whose parents were like, no, you can't play. Like girls don't play rugby. So like knowing that, like wanting to get that out of the air and be Mm -hmm. like, if this is what you want to do, do it. And I'm here to fully support you. And if not, like, that's okay. Like there's other amazing sports out there to play, but just make sure that whatever you're doing sports or not, like you're confident in yourself and who you are as a person and you're not afraid to express that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been the thing for me is showing people that it's okay to be confident in yourself and to be expressive of that outwardly versus like, just on, only inside, like being able to brag about it sometimes and that not be looked at in a negative light. No, which I think, you know, I think all of that is just like really amazing. Like I think mm-hmm. that you, like Lo and I actually talked about it when I had her on about like how infectious your confidence is and like mm-hmm. how special that is to be around. And I think it's really cool to see you sharing that, you know, not just with, you know, us, your family, who you're around yeah. every day, but like with the world and with like young, like, you know, young people, young girls, and just like mm-hmm. building that confidence and showing them that it is like, it is important to be confident in yourself and like believe in yourself and like you can do anything that you want to do. Um, and I think that's really cool. And I really appreciate you doing that. No problem. That. Thank you. I enjoy it. Um, yeah. So everyone go check out NiaOnFaya.com, right? NiaTapper.com. Oh, NiaTapper.com. <laughs> you got to keep it classy for the website. Stay right, safe. of course. But then when you open it up, it's like Naya on fire, you yeah. know. So it's yeah. easy to get confused. NiaTapper.com. Tapper. dot com. everyone, yes. just to be clear, now that I've messed it up three times. <laughs> um, okay, there's a few more things I want to talk about before I let you go, though. 
Um, one is a surprise. So the surprise is you and I bond over something, and it is our love for The Office. Yes. It is my favorite TV show. It is your favorite TV show. And um, just before I let you go, I got to know, who. what is your favorite episode of The Office? My favorite episode would probably be Goodbye, Toby. Okay, yep, so good. That yeah. episode, when he does the song on the stage, that just cracks me up every single time. And that I think there was a part in there where he was trying to send him like a goodbye gift, and it was a rock the or rock, something. The rock, yeah. <laughs> Suck on this. <laughs> And the, I can't remember if it was like a higher up staff member that was there. And he was like, I didn't do that. It wasn't me. <laughs> oh, that episode. There's so many good ones, though. But that one, the song gets me yeah. every time. The like Goodbye Stranger remix to Goodbye, Goodbye Toby. Toby. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well then also, who is your favorite oh. character? Is it Michael then? Is Michael your favorite? Uh, that's so hard. It's between him and Dwight. Yeah. Because I love Michael because he's just stupid and he just like expresses my humor on a daily basis. But then Dwight is just so unpredictable and he's so confident in everything he does, even yes. though it's so stupid. But I think I'd probably say Mike, but a close Dwight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say Dwight is my favorite. I think he's the funniest. It's just such such a ridiculous form Random. of funny. Yeah. But it's just so amazing. And he's played like Rain Wilson plays him so well. It's just yeah. like no one else could do that in the way he mm. does it. Yeah. Um, okay. And so to end, we have our two questions that we're asking everyone are repeat questions. So the first one is, who is one athlete in another sport that you'd love to compete against and see how you measure up? Um, I would probably, I guess since I'm fast, I'd probably want to race somebody. So I don't have any like specific names, but I know at our training center, they have some heptathlete athletes and they, um, I think they run the one, the 200. Because, yeah, I think they run the 200. I know they run the 100, but it's hurdles. And I know I can't do hurdles <laughs> well. So I think racing those three girls in the 200 would be really interesting. Because I've always wondered, like, have I gotten faster since I stopped running track? Or have I gotten slower? Even though, like, I'm still running fast, but not mm-hmm. as fast and as often as a track workout would be. So I'm curious if I've gotten faster or slower. So I kind of want to see how I compare to fast professional athletes, but not like fast hundred meter mm. strict sprinters. So I think that would be mine. It would also be cool if like, you know, cause I think one of the other things that's really about rugby is like, you're fast, but you're also avoiding things as you're running fast. Yeah. 100%. So like, I feel like taking some of like the track athletes and like having them not just run straight and yeah. like seeing how you compare in like a little bit of like an obstacle kind of mm-hmm. sprint. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I think so. Okay, and our last question, and this is the one that is for all the marbles. It's the big one. Okay. You ready for it? Yes. What do you love most about rugby? The thing that I love most about rugby is the culture. Yeah, the people, the environment, the fans, the traditions that we did in college, um, and just, like, the respect we have for other teams mm-hmm. after games which i don't think any other sport does that so, no i don't think yeah. there's any other sport where you like you know beat the crap out of each other and then hang out and then go and like hang out <laughs> together and it's like yeah. all jovial and nice and i think that that is a really special part about yeah. rugby 
that takes talent to be able to do that. And I think it takes like a lot of mutual respect. I think that like, yeah. that's a really cool part about rugby is like no matter who you're playing, like you respect your opponent and like you re- you respect what they can do. And I think that that is like the underlying part of the culture is that like everyone respects each other. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what made it stick for me. Is that like just the culture aspect? That was a f- one of the main things I was exposed to in college. And since then, like that's made it enjoyable, even at the professional level. It's a very good answer. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, now that we're full laughing, um, that pretty much wraps up our show for today. So thank you so much for joining us, Naya. I had a lot of fun talking to you and getting to know your rugby story. Thank you so much, Kirsch, for having me. And thank you to all the listeners. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And keep listening to Kirsch. Kirsch, this was a great interview. I really enjoyed myself. So thank you again. Love the t-shirt. Thank you.